I don't think this looks right, so, uh, <laughs> but I can't see that. There he is. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I remember it again. No, I remember it. Our scripture this reading comes from Mark 12, 28 through 34. The greatest commandment. One of the teachers of the law came and heard them debating, noticing that Jesus had given them a good answer. He asked them, of all the commandments, which is the most important? The most important one, answered Jesus, is this. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is what? Love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind and with all your strength. The second is this. Love your neighbor as yourself. There is no commandment greater than these. Well, said teacher, the man replied, you are right in saying that God is one and there is no other but him. To love him with all your heart, with all your understanding, and with all your strength. And to love your neighbor as yourself is more important than all burnt offerings and sacrifices. When Jesus, when Jesus saw that he had answered wisely, he said to him, You are not far from the kingdom of God. And, then, and from then on, no one dared ask him any more questions. This is the word of the Lord. You know, um, this is a, a week of transition. One uh, president is uh, on his way out. Another president is on his way in. But I, uh, I it, you know, this has kind of been a, a week of reflection, and I, I want to talk about the previous pre president, Barack Obama. Uh, uh, Barack Obama uh, is uh, is the one and only person. Uh, you know, it's kind of a uh, an unknown fact, a little known fact about. Uh, uh, Barack Obama, that he is the one and only person that this is true for, and, and that he's the one and only president that was actually younger than me when he was president. So, <laughs> so this has been a week of kind of reflection, and like I said, uh, um, one of the things I was uh, thinking about was uh, when I was uh, was ordained, uh, and that happened in June of 1986. It was in the, as I always said, the historic. Uh, uh, Travis Park United Methodist Church in San Antonio Bishop Ernest T. Dixon uh, was the one who uh, ordained me and not only was I uh, was I there for that ordination but just to the left of me uh, was uh, our current bishop Bishop Robert Schnazy so it was uh, a significant night and I was just curious uh, what were the words that uh, bishop uh, Ernest T. Dixon said over me when he anointed me or ordained me and, uh, and, and uh, honestly, you know, you can Google that and you won't find it uh, because one of the reasons is they were still on stone tablets and we just don't use that form anymore. <laughs> and, uh, and, and, and so I, I, as I was looking, I go, okay, well, if today, uh, you know, this, this next summer I was ordained, these are the words that would be used for me. And so as they come up on the screen, uh, uh, you know, Bishop uh, Ernest T. Dixon would have put his hands on my shoulders and he would have said, Tom Neal Tarver, take authority as an elder to preach the word of God, to administer the holy sacraments and to order the life of the church in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Now, as I, as I look at, at, at those words, what I have been called to do uh, as a, a pastor within the United Methodist Church, uh, I also noticed what I haven't been called to do. And uh, 
uh, specifically is it say uh, Tom Neal Tarp would take authority as an elder to make sure vacation Bible school happens every summer or take a, a authority as an elder to make sure that everyone gets signed up for Sunday school I mean there's any number of things that we uh, we think about and, and are part of our uh, our uh, life uh, each uh, each year uh, and each week and, and we and we look at that and this is what the church is about um, as I was uh, curious about what was said over me so long ago and I do know it was take thou authority uh, so the language has changed but the call hasn't uh, but I was also curious about what the what was the, the mission statement statement of the United Methodist Church, and, and I was surprised to, to to find that it doesn't even say the United Methodist Church. It just simply says the church, uh, because there's this recognition. This is what uh, all uh, followers of Jesus Christ are called to do, and it's the mission of the church is to make disciples of Jesus Christ for the transformation of the world. Uh, some of those words kind of sound familiar, don't they? Uh, they kind of make us think about uh, what we're about. And, and what are we about? Well, let's say it together. We're about loving people, transforming lives, and making disciples. And, and again, it's the disciples of the Lord Jesus Christ. You know, boiling it down is simply this. It's, it's helping people to know Jesus to love Jesus, to serve Jesus. And so that begs the question, uh, for me, uh, do I know Jesus? Do I love Jesus? Do I serve Jesus? Uh, the first Sunday of January, uh, I, I uh, presented this, this verse uh, last Sunday, I presented this verse. Uh, this Sunday, uh, we're going to come back to it. And let's read this verse together. It's Luke 15, 2, that says, This man welcomes sinners and eats with them. Now, you know, who's this man? Who is it? Jesus. Jesus. Uh, I want to know Jesus. I want to love Jesus. I want to serve Jesus. And then I find out, I, I read this, and this is what the religious people uh, in the first century were saying about Jesus, they just simply said, this man welcomes sinners. And, and so, uh, you know, as, as I think about my call as a pastor, and then I think that, uh, of the call uh, of the church, and, and then I think about what we say uh, we're about, loving people, transforming lives, making disciples, then I come to this statement and I realize if I'm going to love Jesus and know Jesus and serve Jesus, I'm going to welcome sinners so that people will say about Tom Tarver, this man, he welcomes sinners and eats with them. Now, I'm going to say something, and I'm doing this intentionally because I want you to understand this particular uh, one line out of Scripture that describes Jesus is also something that kind of has, has uh, been beating in my soul for, for some time and I want to live into it, I want to live it, uh, live, uh, live it out. And, uh, and, I, and um, this week, 
This has been a, a decision that actually has been made for quite some time. There was a conversation with the Staff Parish Relations Committee. Uh, then there uh, was a, a, a conversation with the staff and then yesterday with the leadership, uh, 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 the church leadership. And, uh, and, uh, and uh, I want to let you know that this is the year that uh, I will move from active to retired status. And, uh, and I have sent in my request. My request has been received. Uh, the Board of Ordained Ministry and the Cabinet, the Bishop and the Cabinet, have both approved that, saying effective, and listen to this, effective July 1st. July 1st, today's January. And uh, so there's like five and a half months uh, that we are still together, but there's gonna be this transition from Tom as active pastor, lead pastor at uh, uh, Asbury United Methodist Church to Tom Tarver uh, retired and, and another uh, pastor will come uh, and, and uh, we're, we've already been in conversation with the DS and, and the cabinet uh, in that process. But I, I'm saying all this is, is Tom Tarver wants to be this man who welcomes sinners and eats with them. And, and, and I want to encourage Asbury to be this church welcomes sinners and eats with them. And, uh, and, and it is my desire uh, always to help people to know Jesus, love Jesus, and to serve Jesus. Now, with that in mind, I've been thinking about uh, the, the messages and, and kind of wanting to, to build one uh, upon the other. And so, so today, uh, I want us to together to read uh, Mark chapter 12, verses 30 through 31. Let's do this together. Love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind and with all your strength. The second is this, love your neighbor as yourself. There is no command greater than these. So, so this is Jesus in, in answering a question, what is the greatest commandment? And then he says, love God, love others. And, and, and then he says, and, and the foundation, the thing that undergirds all of the, all of the other commands and, and the way we live uh, is, is uh, is is built up on these two statements: love God, love others. And and uh, I was thinking about this. You know, the two things, the two statements, they come together. They are really one continuous statement. Because if I love God, God's love will lead me to love others. And uh, and and the other side of that coin is is and we'll look at this actually later in another message. If I don't love others, I can't love God. So those two things go together. If I'm going to love God, the love of God is going to lead me to love others. And uh, and I'm thinking about in this process. Basically, uh, it, it is uh, it is uh, God is calling us. On, on a journey uh, of faith and confidence in him. He's asking us to, to get in, the, uh, you, know, as, you know, I've often used this illustration. God uh, is, uh, is opening the door and asking us to get on uh, the bus and, and then he's going to take us on a journey and, uh, and, uh, 
And it is not a, a question of where we're going. We know where we're going. We're going to go where God leads us. And, um, and, and in order to do that, you know, we really need to have fuel in the tank. And, and what's the fuel that fires our passion? Uh, what's the fuel that keeps us going uh, in, in this process? And, and it comes down to this. It's just simply the love of God. The love of God fuels our passion both to love God and to love others. So with that in mind, I want to kind of talk about uh, the, the stages uh, of a loving relationship. Uh, and, and we'll be doing it from the human perspective because we are humans and, and that's the way we grow or develop. We develop as, as humans, even in our relationship with God. And, and the first uh, step or the first stage is simply uh, just, uh, it, I have to look at my note here, is acquaintance, acquaintance. And, and acquaintance is simply uh, that moment where we say, hi, how are you? Uh, and we may not even know the other person's name, but we see that person on a regular basis and we use acquaintance uh, uh, words uh, to maintain that relationship. But, you know, uh, yeah, just, uh, based on this past week is, my goodness, it's been awfully cool in Corpus. Uh, and, you know, I'm used to three or four days of cool, but we've had a whole week of, of cool. Uh, that's acquaintance conversation. It's, it's, it's just kind of on, on the surface. Uh, and we even have that kind of relationship with God. It, it's, uh, and, and, you know, I was listening to uh, another person talk about these stages and, uh, and he, he mentioned uh, uh, it's, it's kind, of, kind of like we discovered that there is a God our, and how do we respond to God initially? Well, in prayer, we, we uh, ask God just like we would write a letter to Santa Claus as a kid. Uh, and and we're, it's about all, uh, all the things I want or need. It's that prayer list uh, of the sick people that, uh, and friends and, and my business. And so uh, that's an acquaintance level with God. And, and then the next is, is is uh, friendship is uh, is now uh, I'm moving to a, a deeper level with you. I, I not only uh, talk to you up here, but I begin to talk and listen. Uh, and the same thing in our relationship with God. It's not just simply we're telling God what we want or what we need, but we begin to also learn how to listen to and for God. Uh, that that uh, we begin to to look for God and, and allow God to influence us. And, and then there's intimacy, and intimacy is, is that moment that in in a relationship. And in this case, I'm going to move to to a boy, girl, a man, woman. Uh, they, they meet. Uh, they uh, 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 initially just exchange names and pleasantries, and they discover that they like being around one another, and then they. They become intimate friends and choose to live life together. It's uh, he and, and she saying, uh, I, you know, I want to journey through the rest of my life with you. And, uh, and in that relationship with God, it's that moment when we say, God, I'm all in. I want to journey through the rest of my life uh, with you. I don't want you just on the, uh, on the periphery. I want you to be a part of my life and I give my life away to you. And this is a moment of conversion. And then there's finally quiet union. 
Uh, and I was thinking about this. You know, I've already told you I'm going to, I'm, I'm retiring. And part of that, that decision, you know, I, 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 I uh, like I said, I'm, I'm older than the former president, uh, uh, Barack Obama, definitely younger than the current president, and, and even younger uh, in relation to the president that's coming. Uh, but Ellen and I have been married almost 38 years now, and, and a part of, uh, of what I've discovered during the pandemic, uh, you know, we shut everything down here uh, during the summer. The, the office, uh, main building was closed down, this building was closed down, and, and so my office moved from uh, the building next door to home. And, and I discovered that I didn't need to talk to Ellen, I didn't need to do things with Ellen necessarily, but I enjoyed the, just being in the same house and often it, just in the same room uh, as we did, each did our own thing, but being in quiet union with one another. And, and of course that's built on walks and talks and, 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 and experiences together. And the same thing is true in, in our relationship with God. There comes this moment where it's just okay to be quietly sitting, aware of God's presence and God's love in, in our life. And, and those are the stages of love. Now, in a, in a moment, I'm going to ask you to, to, uh, to, uh, Consider developing a, uh, a daily habit of quiet union. Uh, and, and when I say that, I, I recognize that, that for, for some folks, and I can, I can think of some friends uh, automatically where just saying sit still and be quiet in the presence of God seems like uh, I, that's an impossibility. But um, I, I might as well be asking you to... to uh, lead an NBA uh, team uh, to a championship like LeBron James did just this uh, past, uh, past fall, or, uh, or ask you to, uh, to carry the weight uh, of uh, American uh, expectations uh, into the Olympics like, uh, like Simone uh, Biles, or, uh, or uh, win us another Super Bowl like the expectations that have been heaped on Aaron Rodgers. You know, I might as well be just asking you to do something uh, impossible and incredible. And, uh, and, and, and then I think about this, this human uh, physical development and, uh, and LeBron James, Simone Biles, Aaron Rodgers, you, me, we all started in the same place. You know, uh, day one, day one uh, in, in the new world, you know, we're breathing our first uh, uh, breaths of air, and at that point, there's only two things we really can do. We can be quiet, or we can let everybody know where we are. Uh, but, you know, uh, way back when, if my mom uh, uh, placed me in the crib, you know, and, uh, and, uh, and then 30 minutes later, somebody asked, uh, where's Tom? The answer would be, what? He's in the crib. 
Because at, at that point in life, I couldn't even flip myself over, uh, you know, and, and then there's this recognition that it, as uh, we may never be, uh, <laughs> we may never, we will never be LeBron James, uh, Simone Biles, or Aaron Rodgers. And, uh, and, and yet, when it comes to our spiritual development, our spiritual growth, uh, there is the opportunity to grow into people who are able to, to have quiet union with God. Now, um, I want to talk about then movement, our heart's movement toward God, because there is, is a point where, where God is here and we are over here. In fact, we're not even facing God. And we don't care anything about God. And, I, you know, I've been there. I remember my call to pastoral ministry. God uh, spoke in such a way that it's, you know, I can tell you it felt like it, it was a, it was a, a audible voice. Come, follow me. And my response at that point was, follow you. I don't even know you. And I continued on my way. I was not interested in a relationship with God. I had no desire for God. And, uh, and all of us at some point have been there. Now, so when we talk about the, the, the movement of the heart toward God and toward this quiet union, we all have to start somewhere. And the first place we start is simply desiring God. That we, we, we have this quiet little nudge inside of our head or a little tug on our heart. And, and the interesting thing is it is the call of God. God has, has given you and me the desire to know him. And this is why God gives us that gift because he desires a relationship with you and with me. It's his desire that we would be in relationship. And so he gives you the desire to know him. In other words, God loves you, knows you, and wants to be in relationship with you. And because of his desire for you, he gives you the gift of our desire for him. Now, the, the second step or, or move toward God is one of clinging. You know, uh, something may happen in our lives where we just suddenly, we just cry out for God. We want to grab hold of God. And, uh, and, and my guess is you've seen uh, this in small children. You know, uh, they haven't seen grandma and grandpa in a while. And, and you know that grandma and grandpa love your child. And so you, you hold your child out and, and your child just grabs a hold and is, is not going to let go. Uh, she clings to you. Uh, he grabs a hold of your legs in, in a crowd. And, and, and then there's this imagery here for us that, that, that comes a moment that we not only desire God, but now we're desperate for God and we cling to God. It may be out of fear or trouble or something may have happened in our lives, but now we're clinging to God. And, and, and certainly this experience comes from time to time. And, and other times we, we kind of you know, just let go. And, and then we come back. But after there's clinging to God, then there's simply enjoying God. It's not out of fear, it's out of joy. Uh, the imagery here is, uh, is a child at its birthday party. Uh, that child is just 
overjoyed with all of the attention. And the amazing thing is that when we come into that kind of enjoyment with God, where we recognize his gifts and graces in our lives, and we're so grateful and thankful to him, that that, that carries us not just in uh, celebrations, those moments uh, where we're celebrating a birthday or, or a special occasion, but it also carries us to that moment when we're standing beside the grave uh, of someone who we find that has been a dear saint. And we have the joy of the Lord in knowing that this person has been faithful to the call of, of God on her life. And then the, the, the final stage is just simply loving God. And loving God for God, not for what God gives us. Um, uh, Father Meninger, and I'm going to share a quote a little bit in a little bit uh, that he he had. But Father Meninger was talking about the, this is the, the moment of, of simplicity of faith. <laughs> the only thing that you tell God is, I love you. And he said the opposite of simplicity is duplicity. And he's not saying this is a bad thing. He's just saying this is the opposite. This is, you know, simplicity is, I love you, God. Duplicity is, I love you, God, and could you help me get a good grade on my test? Simplicity, again, is, I love you, God. Duplicity is, I love you, God, and uh, could you help my sick aunt get better? And, and so, uh, when we come to the, the point, uh, again, this is quiet union and, and the simplicity of, of, of loving God and God alone. And when we get come to that point, uh, this is the point where we say to God, your will be done. Your kingdom come, your will be done. This is the moment where we, uh, where we truly, uh, uh, barring from last week's message, where we jump into the current of the cross. Where we're going to say, I love you, God, and I want what you want. I'm willing to do what you uh, desire. I'm willing to let my dreams die in order to embrace your future. Now, uh, in, in Scripture, there's a couple of places. Uh, Galatians 4, 4 through 7. Uh, this is actually 4, 4 is what uh, we learned, uh, uh, memorized in, uh, in, uh, in Confirmation. Uh, and, and I love what it is, but listen to this, because in these passages, we, we see the movement of God's heart, God's plan for you and for me. That God, again, God desires relationship with you because he finds you desirable. That's the love of God for you. But when the fulfillment of the time came, God sent his son, and for God to love the world, he sent his only son, one and only son, born through a woman and born under the law. Why? Well, this was so he could redeem those under the law, which is all humanity, so that we could be adopted because you are sons and daughters. God sent the spirit of his son into our hearts, crying, Abba, Father. Therefore, you are no longer a slave, but a son or daughter. And if you are his child, then you are also an heir through God. Again, in Romans chapter 8, verse 15, you didn't receive a spirit of slavery to lead you back again into fear, but you received this, a spirit that shows you are adopted as his children. With this spirit, we cry, Abba, Father. Now, 
First of all, what this is saying is that, that when this man welcomed sinners, he welcomed sinners so that one day he would, could welcome brothers and sisters. And so when, when Jesus welcomed this sinner, he welcomed this sinner so that I could be incorporated into the family and I could call him my brother and his father mine. Uh, and not only that, and, you know, it's, it's talking about the, the depth of that relationship is Abba Father. And I was thinking about this in, in, uh, in, uh, uh, in our terms, uh, uh, terms that would make sense to us. Abba is, is a Hebrew term. Uh, and we don't say that. I mean, there may be cultures that do, but ours t t uh, generally doesn't. But it, it's more like daddy. And, uh, and honestly, I'll tell you this, uh, I have a, a, a difficulty in thinking of God as my daddy. Uh, daddy, uh, in, in my mind, it just, it makes me so, so young and so vulnerable and so much so needy. And I hate to admit that even in my relationship with God. Uh, and yet I know that if I say, Daddy God, and I don't do this, I'm, I'm telling you right now, this is a hard place for me to be. In that vulnerable place to actually be tender enough with, with God and recognize the tenderness of God in my life to say, not only do I love you, but right now and always, so Jesus, it's interesting to know that Jesus, uh, on the night that he was betrayed by one disciple, he was abandoned by all of the disciples. In, in the night uh, when he went from the upper room uh, to the Garden of Gethsemane, this is what he prayed. First of all, this is, this is it's, uh, in Mark 14, 35 and 36, it says, going on a little farther, talking about Jesus, he fell to the ground and prayed that if possible, the hour might pass from him. Jesus, in the, the next things that he prays are the words where he jumps into the current of the cross. Abba Father, ah, Daddy God, I'm desperate for you. I need you. Everything is possible for you. Take this cup from me. Here's where he jumps into the current. Yet not what I will, but what you will. When we are called to love God, it says to love God with our whole heart and with our whole soul and with our whole mind and our whole strength. But it's interesting to, to recognize that, that uh, we can't, you know, with our mind, we cannot wholly or fully grasp the person that we are being called by uh, into relationship with. Uh, we can, we, we can, we could sit and meditate and read and, 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 and do all we could uh, with our intellect and our intellect would never come to the end and say, ah, I, I fully understand. 
But this is what Father William Miniger uh, says. Our minds, our intellect cannot grasp the infinite God. But what can grasp the infinite God? Our hearts. We cannot totally understand God, but we can totally love God. He whom the mind cannot grasp, the heart can embrace. I can't fully give my, you know, uh, uh, take God into my mind and say, I fully understand you, but I can take God into my heart and say, I fully love you. And, uh, and, 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 and today, my invitation to you, because this is the fuel, it is the love of God that will carry us to the point where it will say, this woman welcomes sinners. sinners. This woman welcomes sinners. This man welcomes sinners. It, it's that that will carry us. And so with that in mind, I, I want to invite you to, uh, to set aside two, time, two, day, uh, two moments during the day. Now for me, it's 7.51 in the morning, 7.51 in the evening. Uh, uh, because that's what we, you know, that's our prayer time at, at Asbury. Uh, but it could be morning, noon, it could be morning, night, it could be noon, night. But I'm asking you to set aside two moments during the day where you simply uh, quiet your mind and sit in quiet union with God. Now, I want to ask you, are you able, can you, do you have the ability to sit quietly, in quiet union, twice a day? Then the second part of that is, now are you willing to do that? And, and you might say, well, how long? How long do you do that, Pastor Tom? And, and I was thinking about this, uh, you know, uh, all the time I, I go on YouTube and it'll, it'll pop up. Do you want to do whatever that YouTube TV is? Uh, and it'll say, uh, free trial. Subscribe. Free trial, free trial for 30 days. And, and uh, you know, uh, right now I'm, I'm doing a free subscription with a particular newspaper for 30 days. And so when you talk about it, you ask me, I go, well, subscribe for for the free trial for for 30 days and uh, and that would take us to February 16th right after two days after um, after uh, Valentine's Day it would also take us one day uh, short of, of Lent so you can give up quiet time with God for Lent <laughs> <laughs> And if you're willing to do that, uh, you know, I know the, the text, I subscribe. And that's my phone number, 512-878-9503. Uh, uh, or you can do another thing. If you want to use an emoji, just use a thumbs up emoji. And, uh, and like I said, that's my, my cell phone number. Uh, unless I already have you in my, uh, in my uh, uh, what do they call that? Contacts. I won't know who, you, who it is, I'll just have a number, and I'm not gonna do anything. This is the only thing I will do if you uh, either do this, 
or our said uh, text I subscribe I will send you an emoji that's it I won't call you uh, uh, I won't uh, uh, follow up 30 days later and say you still in uh, just this one time uh, you'll you'll text and I'll emoji you back that's it so can will you find quiet time twice a day for the next 30 days to live to love to laugh it is all Jesus Christ amen, amen. let us enter into a time of prayer